0: Hi and welcome to the premiere of Enlightened Conversations. Each week we invite guests to share their views on the world, work and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode of Enlightened Conversations is hosted and produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. It's Michelle Lightworker here and I'm extraordinarily excited because it's the premiere of Enlightened Conversations and it's been um, obviously a long time in the making for me. Uh, Spirits obviously groomed me (laughs) to to, uh, keep turning up and to keep uh, tuning in to my guidance and to keep that constant and I think that that's why I'm able to now sort of take the platform and and to be able to hold the space for an enlightened conversation. So I'm really excited. I have a beautiful special guest with me for our first enlightened conversation, which I'm sure will be one of many. So I'm going to just give you all a nice little introduction of our special guest, Amy Young. So Amy is one of the co-founders of the Anxiety Diaries, and she's also the author behind many of our articles that we've had in Lightworker Advocate magazine over the past few months. She's been consistent. She's been popping through her her, um, reflections on anxiety and how they how they are resolved with the principles of the Everyday Lightworker Principles. So it's been really cool to receive those consistently. After years of experiencing anxiety and depression, Amy was able to find solace in the Everyday Lightworker Principles and she has since been able to apply them to her anxiety journey, which is really cool. And currently she's working on her debut book, and it teaches people how to activate their anxiety. And that's an interesting word. And we will talk about what that actually means. And to learn to see and use the anxiety from a really loving perspective. And she's now on a mission to share her experiences and knowledge with others. So we're really lucky to have Amy join us. Hello, Amy. Thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us on our
1: first broadcast. It's very exciting. Thank you. Hello, thank you. It's really um, an honour and very exciting to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess um, when I was, when I was uh, reflecting this morning um, on what we could share, because I'm sure there's so much that we could share with everyone, the thing that really came through strongly for me was um, not a lot of people know about my anxiety journey, and I, I feel like that's really well worth showing, because I've come mm-hmm. such a long way um, from where I was, uh, I'm now 46. So when I was in my 20s, and so oh, actually not even in my 20s, I had my, my, my anxiety. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing that as well today. Um, and really, kind of, I, I guess, setting the stage for people to understand that anxiety is something that can catap- catapult us into enlightenment. <laughs> That's how I like to see it. Actually, and you're really passionate about it, and I'm really proud of you for for you know um, flying the anxiety banner. <laughs> well
1: done. Thank you. Yes, yeah, it is. Um, it is a bit like flying the anxiety banner. Um, it used to actually bring me a lot of solace. Like, I'm really glad that you said um, you want to share a part of your journey because. One thing I've really learned about anxiety is that um, we're actually not alone. Um, the statistics, are something like one in five Australians um, experience anxiety at some time in their life. And that's um, a huge, huge amount of people. So that was actually a big help for me in the fact that I knew that at any one moment, at any one time, I'm not the only one feeling anxiety at that moment. Um, And that actually put things back into perspective. And I used to think, oh my gosh, I'm really anxious right now, but millions of other people are feeling these similar feelings at the very same time. So um, that was a huge help for me. And it was a bit like um, talking principles, unity. It really is putting that unity into place and realizing that um, although we feel alone, we feel very disconnected, Um, we're actually not. And even though my anxiety might be different about something you might be experiencing or someone else's experience, but those feelings are still there. So um, yeah, absolute huge help for me that really used to hit home for me. And it used to get me out of that um, constant merry-go-round thought process um, and thinking, oh, wow, you know, that's okay. It's okay to be anxious. And now to think that, so many people millions of people are experiencing it it's okay to share that journey with others because there's one thing that i might have done or i've learned that i can share with someone else and it might just give them that peace of mind so yeah it's really exciting
0: yeah and it's really interesting because often we will um connotate anxiety with something wrong or We're not okay. Now, it's an interesting, I believe, a very interesting and enlightened perspective to see anxiety in a very different way and to help people to feel empowered through their anxiety because um, I certainly have learned a lot about it, a lot about anxiety and how it serves Mm. us. And I I certainly haven't had anxiety for many years now, which is (laughs) like... Um, Yeah, used to be bed buddies. I mean, come on. But where are you? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but um, like just a little snapshot um, for me, I really understand what you're saying because I totally felt alone when I had my anxiety. Like I was, um, I remember it was after I was uh, working in a, in a, um, (laughs) the irony of it, I was working in an office that was all about security. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah the most secure building in the whole of the suburb but you feel anxious kind of interesting um but i was um yeah really i didn't know it was like um i had no idea why i was feeling anxious so that that made me feel more anxious um Mm. and i just I, I just remember having panic attacks and anxiety sitting at my desk and running, or well not running, because if I ran, everybody would know, right? So yeah. walking through the toilet and then, but on the way, making sure I grabbed a muffin or something from the food trolley and then stuffing it in my face. So my eating disorder and my overeating went hand mm-hmm. in hand with my anxiety because it's like when I was anxious, I wanted to eat and to numb my feelings. Um, and so for me, that was, I, I would have to say, for me uh my eating disorder probably didn't get me into recovery from my eating disorder mm-hmm. my anxiety got me into recovery from my eating disorder mm-hmm. my eating disorder I could hide my panic and my my absolute um wanting to curl up in a little ball and cry and and run away and hide and never see anyone again that was that was the thing mm-hmm. that really Got me catapulted me into doing something different, and, mm-hmm. and that's actually when I, I um, my story is uh, that's the last time I remember um, doing something like that before I entered recovery and into Overeaters Anonymous, and that was uh, twenty six years ago. So mm. yeah, that's a bit of my story. Anxiety, my goodness,
1: <laughs> long time. That's amazing. Ago. That is, and you're right. Like um, it comes to a point where people who are experiencing anxiety they're really good at hiding it and I was pretty good at hiding it a lot of people didn't know what was really happening under the you know the facade or the mask of the smile sort of thing um, that I would hide behind and like you I would just sort of slowly you know walk out of the office or walk out of any um, situation that I was in and hide or eat or do whatever I was the same I thought oh, if I just had a drink of water if I just got some breath uh, fresh air or something like that so um, hiding was a pretty good skill at the time but it was getting to the point where it was starting to become so overwhelming that um, hiding was becoming really harder and harder to do um, especially when you started feeling really exhausted because um, as you know when you're anxious you're using up so much energy um, that you're just exhausted all the time and people could see you and it'd start getting really um, run down, start feeling really sick. And um, I got to the point where I started to lose, you know, my hair and my weight and um, people were starting to recognise that something's really wrong. And there's only so many people you can smile to before they go, no, what's really happening? Um, And as you know, like, it is hard to talk about anxiety when you don't know if anyone else has it or how they relate to how you feel. Um, I remember feeling really embarrassed about it when I was diagnosed with it. I really struggled to tell people because, you know, a lot of doctors would say it's just in your head and you're like, well, you know, it's, it's not like that, but um, yeah, I completely know what you mean um, in all those situations. So it's, that's when I sort of looked for something different. And that's when I came across yourself, Michelle, actually, we met, um, I came in to see a reading with you and you sort of um, helped Spell it out for me in the cards and things, and that's when I learnt about the um the Lightworker Practitioner training and the principles. So I thought, you know, I'm just gonna take a chance. This feels good. I'm just gonna look at my life in a different way. That's the only thing I need to do, It's the only thing I think I can turn to at this moment. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since then. So yeah, it's
0: been an amazing journey. And, um, mm. and then, and then, when, and then it, that was a while ago now, but then. Mm when I started Lightworker Advocate magazine and then you started writing these articles about anxiety and then, like, marrying them up with a principle, I found that extraordinarily helpful to to really dissect anxiety, um, you know, and and to really help us to understand different components about how high vibrational frequencies are the remedy and also them, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you, you know, even when I heard you sharing about like how anxiety is like a wake-up call when you're not Mm -hmm. addressing your self-care or your spiritual care or, you know, some other self-care. And I felt that that was really helpful because Mm -hmm. instead of automatically being alarmed by your anxiety, you're going, oh, okay, what do I need to focus on? Like you're actually taking your power back right then and there Mm -hmm. and actually benefiting from your anxiety rather than it draining you because I I Mm -hmm. kind of feel like that's, you're right, I feel like it, it drains our etheric body because... When, when we're anxious, I feel our emotional body is spiralling out of our physical body. And so mm-hmm. when, our, when our emotional body is out of our physical body, what usually happens then is our higher self can't really grab a hold of our mm-hmm. body properly. It's like, you know, in the whirlwind, uh, if you like, the, the cloud, you know, uh, the cyclone, sorry, not the, the, yeah. the cloud, but the, the cyclone. And the, the highest levels really being challenged to actually come on in and really ground us. So I don't know about you, but physicality wise, I would get like really around the chest. It would be like mm-hmm. stirring and will wearing worrying out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, when I did my Steiner training, uh, they spoke of the astral body spiraling out when you're having anxiety. And that made so much sense to me. I, I really mm. got that. I could feel it. I could literally feel it. And you know, that, 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 uh, you know, if if you're um, if you're already, if you're always wanting to be in control, and then you're not in control, and not being yeah. in control creates your anxiety. It's kind of a paradox that the fact that your astral body is spiralling out of your body would lead to, of course, feed your fear of being in control. Yeah. So I, I like the way you said it was a catalyst or it was a trigger for me to realise or a wake-up call for me to realise, well, where's my self-care? What do I need to do with my self-care right now? Mm. Because automatically, not trying to be in control, but automatically you're taking your power back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, exactly. Hit it right on the head, exactly. Um, What I learnt along the journey with the principles, it's funny, when I first started learning about them, I was only sort of applying them in the spiritual tense kind of thing and in that intuition sort of based and um, and it wasn't until I started writing the articles and like I said, dissecting them and looking at it from an anxiety view. I'm like, oh my gosh, these principles actually are steps to so many things, like not just spiritual enlightenment, but um, other, any journey that you're going through, whether it's an addiction or anxiety or something like that. Um, and when I pulled them apart, I realized how powerful they really were. So, um, yeah, so that I came up with um, three things, and I think people have heard that this before. So, basically, the mind, the body, and the soul. Um, and I found that when one of those things was sort of out of whack, or all two or three of them, is when anxiety would come up for me. So, and I would picture myself, um, anxiety as myself, and it was a little person who looked like me. And basically, when I started feeling anxious, I would see this little person jumping up and down, waving a little red flag, basically saying, hey, something's not right here. You know, you're kind of getting out of whack. You need to do something. And like you said, so um, i would sit back and think, all right, so what what is it that I actually need right now? Or what is it that I'm not following or, you know, like the mind? Am I thinking fear based thoughts? Am I letting something get to me that someone might have said to me? um When the body side of it, am I exercising? Am I eating healthy? Am I overwhelmed with my work? Um, do I need to rest? Or, and when it came to the soul side of it, it's like, well, am I going against my beliefs? Am I, um, you know, how am I feeling? What's really happening here? So I found that when any one of those things was out of control, that's when anxiety would jump up for me. And I got to the point where I'm like, no thanks anxiety. You know, thank you. Thanks to that little anxious person part of me who's waving that flag. You know, you've just, you've saved me a lot of heartache because like you said, I can take back that power right now, that part of control, that part of me that loves to be in control and um, put into place those, those disciplinary things that I had put aside for occasions like this. And it might be resting or eating a healthy diet or um, getting outside or doing a bit of meditation or just soft breathing exercises and that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I think too, like it's, it's, it's wonderful because it, it, it brings forward our curiosity about mm. oh, why now? Like why this moment? I mean, if we're talking mindfulness, when we're talking present moment, it's like, okay, well, what specifically right now have I missed? Cause there's something obviously unconsciously running that's trying to get my attention desperately here
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it gives us an opportunity to stop, pause, reflect. If we don't know, at least we're curious and we can actually start to begin um, and a willingness, like get that, mm. that personal willingness on board yeah. to actually start to have a, little, have a little bit more of a respect for perhaps what what's just about happened or what just happened mm. or what have you, because sometimes we're really busy. Running through life, and we don't, and it catches us, doesn't it? We go, oh, sh- mm. oh, crap. Now I've been kind of feeling off and on with a floating feeling of something all day, but I haven't really stopped, you know? And then it's come to the end of the day, and, and I feel wiped or something, you know? Like we get it, like then and yeah. there. Um, but I feel like when you're allowing yourself to ask those questions, and not like you don't have to know everything all the time, mm. every single second before you ask. You know, you kind of let yourself off the hook, and, and and say, well, okay, what could be happening? I think that's great. Um, I, I guess I do the same thing when it comes to if I'm feeling um, unsettled in any way, and I kind of do my little inventory with the principles. Like I'll run mm. run through the principles as, as a like a. Am I being honest in the situation? How open minded am I? Am I judging everybody? What's going on for me right now? Am I resistant you know is the unwilling is the willingness there or not you know and I start to go through all 12 principles just to kind of get kind of more intimate relationship with mm-hmm. the higher vibrational frequencies that I really want to be operating on because we you know the principles for me aren't about um being perfect they certainly not they but they mm-hmm. are they are magic they are magic um combination of ingredients I believe for a spiritual life um, and, a, and a healthy physical and emotional life as well and mm-hmm. mental um, but also I feel that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where often we don't realize um, mm. things that we start to question. And I think that that's what I'm getting from what you're saying. Allow mm. yourself know, what just happened,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, I like you said, you may not know exactly what it is that's putting you off at that moment in time or anything like that. And like, it is, sometimes it's just life. Like we you know we, have so many things, we're so busy sometimes, Um, you know, before you get to the end of the week, you had a list of a thousand things you wanted to do and you may not have ticked off any of the, sorry, may not have got to any of them. But um, yeah, when you are feeling that way, I just trained myself that when I started to feel anxious, it meant that, okay, I just need to sit, pause and reflect And then I can sort of work out from there what it is that I need or, you know, look back and see how I am. But, and also it's that taking that time to say, you know, that's okay to feel anxious. That's fine. That's my body's warning sign. That's um, my, you know, body saying that, yeah, I need to do something. So I just trained, I had to train myself. It did take time. Like anything um, creating new beliefs and creating new ideas and things can be tricky to implement um but you know when the time started once i got used to it i actually started to enjoy it and i found that the anxiety just didn't pop up as often because it got to a point that i'd recognize the symptoms straight away and be like oh okay stop breathe relax yeah okay and then sometimes i would know instantly after you know while of doing it it got to the point where it's like oh i just need to relax i haven't breathe properly or you know I just need to switch what I'm doing to something else and I'll go back to that later so yeah Yeah. it was um a lot of training around that but when I started to see it from something loving and when I started to see it as oh okay thanks anxiety yep cool got it yep that was great you know and I started to respect it um whereas like you said in the past it was always oh my gosh what's wrong with me you know Um, something's happening I don't understand and and that would you know cause panic attacks and things like that But um basically flipping it over it was like wow it's a bit of a you know like a really cool little power to have kind of thing it's like um yeah. yeah
0: i think it would be really great i mean we've spoken a bit on the principles but it would be great to go through each one for people who are listening mm. because then they can actually understand what we mean in tangible form and maybe we can give them a little example on how that works like with like in that relationship with with honesty um uh sorry with um with anxiety like we can mm-hmm. actually sort of start to paint a picture for people as to how it really su- is supportive like like mm-hmm. the principles are, are, are really a framework um, of support in any situation really um and I do look at them like a spiritual framework couldn't <laughs> do without one
1: one single mm-hmm. one um yeah couldn't
0: couldn't be consistent in enlightenment without one single one of them. So for me, then they're free. So why not?
1: <laughs> why not yep. know about them? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, they're freely given to me and I'm, I'm freely passing them on. They're free. So um, everybody oh, um, plug on in to them. Um, Before <laughs> we do, I just want to mention one thing. And that is that there was a really big difference for me in my heart chakra and understanding mm. and really having a... Um, a quite a different relationship with my heart chakra um after i had it after i had um, more recovery around the anxiety and everything like that and i was just moseying along in my life um without any anxiety when i started doing readings and, and started picking up on people's emotional realities mm. and, and not only their emotional realities but also their life purpose expansion what would happen for me, or their, or their compassion expansion, what would happen for me is I would start to feel in my heart chakra, I would start to feel something. And I, th- mm. I thought, what the hell is going on to my heart? And what I realised was that there was some pain, but it was some growing mm. pain. It was from compassionate expansion. I'm feeling their expansion going on. I'm also feeling my own expansion going on. Um, I'd walk away some situations going, holy crap. Like I feel like my heart is like completely outside my body, but in a good way because it's already Mm. in my body. And so there was, if you like, an unlocking of heart chakra wisdom, but I had to actually be in my body and be in my heart space and operate on those frequencies of love Mm. and and forgiveness and all those heart chakra centered principles before that happened. But can you imagine what that has done for unlocking my joy? I mean, in Chinese medicine, they say the heart chakra is your joy chakra, you know, like yeah. that is, that's where it lives. And people wonder why I'm so joyful all the time. And and it is real, it's not something I put on. I don't I can't, I can't fake joy because if I tried to fake joy, it would remind me of my family of origin what I did when I was a little kid, and that was just a lie. So mm-hmm. that kind of good segue to talk about honesty
1: because Mm
0: -hmm. me I mean I don't know about you but for me being dishonest um about who I was um what was going on for me Mm -hmm. um you know hiding my eating disorder hiding my fears Mm -hmm. um and all that stuff that for me was the antithesis of the honesty principle is I was doing everything to create my anxiety by not being honest that's for me I don't know about you if you can relate
1: Absolutely. Um, Like you said, it is, you're not being honest, it was quite scary to talk about people, how you were actually really feeling. Um, So honestly, for me, when I actually sat down and broke it down, I was like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't until I actually accepted that I had anxiety and depression, um, did I realize that this is something I can work with. Because you know, I was denying it for so long, and the doctor would say, You know, this is what it is. I'm, you know, there's ways you can get around it. There are, you know, people, um, so many people are experiencing it and that sort of thing. There's help you can get, but until I was actually really honest with myself that okay, I admit it, yes, all right, this is what it is. um, Did I actually feel that little bit of sense of relief? And I'm like, Oh, now, now I kind of know what I'm working with. Like, you know, I'm at the beginning of it, but. I can now start to formulate a plan or I can now, you know, start to work towards um, working through that. So honesty was like the number one big, you know, tick to go, okay, we're at the beginning of this journey. It's starting. And now you've done the first biggest courageous step and that's by admitting, yep, this is what it is. So yeah.
0: And then then when you, when you fast track it to the end of the principles, (laughs) I know we should be doing that. (laughs) Do that for a second, because we're allowed, um, yeah. and because the next principle is open-mindedness, so we we can do this. Um, <laughs> allows us to do this. Um, but you know, if we look at the last principle, which is peace, and mm-hmm. if, if you've come to that point with your anxiety, and then when you relook at honesty, you get the picture of what it's really about, rather than yeah. oh yes. dear, I've got to you know I've got to admit that I've got this, you know, like that. Yeah. The only thing which you know was necessary gets a complete reframe um why honesty is really here i mean i mean anxiety is really here in the first place so it's kind of interesting how that flips itself on its head a bit um the more we go along with the principles the more enlightened we get and we just see things so differently it's just a complete complete reframe so open-mindedly open-mindedness um Oh, okay, I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll
1: reflect yeah. on open-mindedness for me. You go first. Yeah. Um, well, I guess open-mindedness was being that you got to... The thing about anxiety is when um, you're anxious, you're worried about something that's either happened in the past or it's happened in the future. Um, so open-mindedness to me was looking outside of yourself. Like you needed to be completely open-minded that you could look at something and look at yourself from a different perspective. So it was about really opening and expanding um, the mind to see that there are other ways around this and that um, this is who you are, this is what you're at at the moment. It's not who you're going to be forever. Um, it's just something we're working with. So it was a matter of looking at yourself in that different perspective and that's how open-mindedness really worked for me. It was about opening to other ideas, opening to other, um, what other people were experiencing and that kind of thing and finding something that worked for you. That's how it worked for me. Mm.
0: Yeah, I get you. Yeah, because the first thing that jumped out at um, me about open mindedness was that when I actually formed a judgment of good or bad or right or wrong, Mm. it it may well be towards myself too. Because a lot of I was really, really, really hard on myself. Um, That created a lot of my eating disorder and perfectionism and all that kind of stuff. Um, But you know, um, the minute I started to kind of judge. And, and I believe that was very much crown chakra related. So, like when you judge your crown chakra closes off, it's almost like your your emotional body starts to get overloaded because it's 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 disconnected. So my, I feel like what would happen for me is, yeah, there's there's a combination here. I, I feel because I used to feel quite empty, and I, and I I feel like that that was probably also why I turned to food because I kind of couldn't mm. fill up the hole in the soul. I was just like mm. you know. I was always wanting to eat like it was just ridiculous like you know if you if I told you stories of what I did that were just crazy insane things that I did because I'd go I was like the heroin addict with food um so you know I'd eat out of bins I'd go from shop to shop buying meals I don't know I just spent thousands of dollars on food that I didn't even have you know it was it was really like that and I feel like the, the 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 judgments of other people and the judgments of myself created this hollowness inside me. Mm. So the minute I stepped into the principle of open-mindedness and I was open to a power greater than myself, I was open to other spiritual sources, I was open to nourishment, I was open to a different point of view like it was saying, mm. that's when I started to actually feel full and not hungry all the time. Mm. And I, but I had, to, I had to let it begin with me. I had to make that voice to open more, to be more mm. open and fixated with
1: what I thought was right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree.
0: And willingness. Let's move on to willingness.
1: Yes, willingness. <laughs> um, for me, willingness was actually willing to start something to help me get through this. Um, it was willing... It was like you were willing to be willing to do something about it, you know, like um, it was getting sick of being in that every day. It just felt like the same thing over and over again. And of course, it was the same thoughts and it was the merry-go-round patterns. It was constantly um, and it was always that fear of, you know, if I go out today, if I'm stuck in this situation, am I going to have a panic attack? Am I going to get anxious? Um, How am I going to feel today? So it was really about that being willing to change, being willing to try new things um, and being really open to those ideas.
0: And, and it sounds like to me too, like the willingness side of things was about being willing to embrace your anxiety and, and mm. actually have a conversation with yeah. them. It like, was pretty amazing what you shared before about <laughs> seeing them like this little part of you going <laughs> and, and, and wanting to. <laughs> talk to you about all the things that were bothering them and you actually yeah. actually decided to talk to them and I think that that's a really big step because I think a lot of people they they'll 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 think that anxiety or depression or stress or um, crisis or breakdowns they think they put them in a the category and they say well that's mm-hmm. not good. And I like to say well actually they're brilliant. They're actually cracking you open to be more open than you ever have, to to question more than you ever have. They're breakthroughs, not breakdowns. They're opportunities, not crises. they you know it's it's about willing to um, take a different turn in your life, yeah. and and something some things need to come to a head in order to do that, and some things are debil- debilitating like anxiety for a reason, yeah. you know. I mean, if they didn't help you bring you to your knees, would you need to get up, you know? (laughs) You know, it's kind of like that. And and that's how I see my anxiety that I had and also my eating disorder that I had because they both brought me to my knees. Um, Literally, I'm not joking. (laughs) Yes. For something more. Um, And so let's move to forgiveness because um, that's the next principle. Mm -hmm. Have you got... um, have you got some energy around that to share with regards? Yeah,
1: to- um, yeah, forgiveness. That's a huge, huge one. It's like the F word kind of thing, you know, when you're talking <laughs> to yourself, it's, um, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, Cause you know, it doesn't always just happen overnight. It's one of those things that um, people have experienced for many years um, before sometimes they even know that that's what it is. Um, and it plays out very differently in everyone. But, um, so the way I see forgiveness is there's two kind of forgivenesses. There's forgiveness of someone else, but more importantly, there's forgiveness of yourself. And, um, when it comes to anxiety for me, it's like forgiving myself for the way I may have acted or the way I've made a felt in the past. And that's okay. And understanding that that was okay to feel that way. Cause at the time that was the best, and the only way I knew how to feel. Um, you know, so I felt that that's what I really needed to do and really talk to myself softly, start to nurture myself, and that's when the self care and all that sort of started to, um, you know, come up. You know, it's okay because when, um, when I was anxious, I would talk to myself horribly, like I would say awful things to myself, you know, like this is so stupid, why are you acting this way? You know, this is dumb, you can't feel stupid about driving or you know things like that you do this all the time and you would just at this horrible negative self-talk and um you know and then like you said the judgments and things you would be judging yourself so harshly and then i would be so worried about how the other people were judging and perceiving me adding on to that so the person i really really needed to forgive was myself um you know and that was such an important thing and that's when i started to sit outside of myself and talk to myself and think oh what does anxiety look like for me? And if I was to talk to them, what would they look like? And what what part of me is that? And where does it live and how does it sit? and things like that? So um, that was a, like you said, it was a really big um, turnaround that point because that's when you actually start to see yourself in that more loving way and um, start to see that, you know, this is something that has brought me to my knees, but for an extremely good reason. So. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, for me, the biggest forgiveness component was definitely um, forgiving myself for lost time because Mm. I felt like with my anxiety and also Mm. my eating disorder, I feel like I lost time on, you know, and even traction on my life purpose because I'd sidestep. And I like to say this Mm. to people, you know, we don't go backwards, we sidestep, okay? But I would do a lot. I seriously shitload of sidestepping because I would always be two steps forward and then about 10 back with my eating yes. disorder. I wasn't I wasn't that person that got squeaky clean straight away. Mm. Um, I was slipping and sliding and slogging and, you know, crazy for a long time. And um, so for me it was very much about forgiving myself for lost time. And now I actually reframe it and go, it was perfect timing anyway, but you know, when I, when I even look at what I'm here to do, um, I just think, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I'm all, into, I'm, I'm all about the shortcut now. Like, yes. Like, like why, why choose the hard path when you can go the easy? Um, that for me is enlightened point of view. Sometimes it, takes making some hard decisions to do that but it is the easier path on us in every way shape and form if we allow it to be so for me forgiveness was around lost time
1: yeah.
0: um unity um obviously unity is a big one when it comes yeah. to what we're doing with enlightened conversations as well
1: yeah that was um i was saying at the beginning that for me was realizing that i'm not alone you know that's that for me and that was not only are there other people experience anxiety in that at the same time that was a huge help for me but also not alone in the sense that there is that power that's bigger than me you know and then we're here and we're here on this spiritual journey and all that sort of stuff um and that was very comforting as well because it really took you outside of all those little thoughts going crazy in your head and you know brought you into a sort of bigger um picture perspective so that yeah I can
0: relate to that because for me, um, it was probably my first um, experience ever of peace—real um, peace—that I ever had. <laughs> People are probably thinking, "Oh my God, you must have had a really crap um, upbringing," but you know, I'd, I'd gone into um, Overeaters Anonymous. I was twenty years old. I was suicidal. I was—I um, wanted to check out. Um, I didn't want to be here, and I walked into that meeting. With people sharing their stories, they were sharing my story. Like they were every single one of them. were Like I'm going, I it could have put my, my my jaw off the floor. Um, I thought I'm not crazy. I can't be crazy. I can all these people be crazy? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I felt not alone. Like that for me was m- major. But then they they told in the twelve steps, they talk about this concept of a higher power, and I had absolutely no no at all zero interest in connecting to a higher power mm-hmm. at all. And yeah, because I came from a, a Catholic Greek Orthodox combination, a hellfire and brimstone background that was fear based that didn't resonate with me whatsoever. So I decided, you know, I don't believe in anything. Um, but when, when they said, look, look, just get, look, even if you don't believe in something, just just pretend, like just just pretend, pretend that something's there, just see what, what happens. You just never know, something might happen. And so I remember I decided. I went to work and I decided I was walking to work and it was kind of like any about sort of twenty minute walk and I thought, oh, I'm gonna walk and I walked to work and I decided I was just gonna pretend that there was something and I felt something straight away. Wow. As soon as I was feeling, as soon as I said, Okay, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna let you yeah. I'm gonna pretend, all right, you're here and thank you for being here and can you make me feel safe and comfortable now and da, da, da. and I was like somebody had wrapped me up in a blanket of love that whole day. Mm. And that was in a like I could not like argue that. Like I was just like, what? <laughs> what is going on? And yeah, from that moment on, it wasn't a concept, it was a
1: feeling. Mm. And yeah. so
0: from that, that moment on I was able to connect with that unity principle more, even though I hadn't named it, but felt united with that source of comfort. And so major for me, um, the unity principle, but, you know, um, also looking at everybody like a mirror and seeing myself in them, no matter how dark or light, Mm. also helps me to embrace any aspects of myself that might feel afraid um, and and to own those and transform those as well um so we'll move on to discipline we're halfway
1: through
0: (laughs) yeah i liked your article on discipline as well that you wrote for lightworker advocate magazine i really liked it It oh thank you
1: yeah that's good yeah discipline um i remember when i first sat down to write about that actually i was like what am i going to write about this because um you know discipline is one of those words when you're a child and you're growing up and you know discipline was you know, that's it, you've done the wrong thing and that sort of thing. So I had a little bit of fear around that, just that word and it used to actually bring me a little bit of anxiety just thinking about it. Um, But when I sat down and really reflected about the principle and how it fitted in, I was like, well, maybe discipline for anxiety and for me was actually putting in those steps to help myself manage my anxiety. So that's, you know, and that's, yeah, that's um, the whole the whole self love and, and the whole self care and the whole self loving came up and I thought, well, that's, that really fits for me. And now I can see that word as a really nice word because now I know, no, what it means is these are my fall twos or these are the things that I've used to help me. And, um, you know, and thanks to anxiety, I actually do care about myself and I now know it's okay to take time to care about myself. So discipline for me was like that. Um, yeah thing of getting into a nice routine of maybe it might've been meditating or just trying to eat something healthy during the day or something that I could nourish myself with trying to sleep a bit more or, you know, not get upset with myself if I needed a nap during the day because I've been, um, you know, overworked or that sort of thing. Um, and having the ability to say no, um, as somebody who (laughs) a lot of people I know who I've met, um, who have anxiety have a lot of hard find it hard to say no. And I absolutely am the same and um, used to scare the hell out of me to have to say, to say to someone, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that um, because I was a constant yes person, but it wasn't saying no because I didn't want to do those things. It was saying no, because I needed to look after myself. And I really, if I didn't, I was just going to keep burning out and falling apart. So, and I can't help anyone at that stage. So, um, discipline became so important. It was like, well, I can't help others or be my best self if I'm not feeling my best self or giving myself, um, the energy and the nourishment and that, that it needs to feel good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I agree. I think discipline for me became a kindness. Um, like mm-hmm. you, you were saying, it was like not, not. it was about saying no, but it was more about saying yes to me and, and yes yeah. to what, yes to spirit too, because often um, I, I would feel anxious or panicked when I was operating on my, what, what I thought I should do, like, or what I thought other people thought I should do, rather mm. than what spirit was telling me to do. And so the yeah. anxiety would be a cue to actually go, oh, hang on a second, I got to backtrack what was it that they told me I needed to do in my meditation and I haven't done that yet? Oh, okay, maybe that's what I need to do next. And I had, to, I had to break it down so that my life was more about the next thing that I was meant to do rather than the whole thing because I think that created anxiety for me. And for me, it was about, no, no, it's about the baby steps because the baby steps the giant steps because every time you make a decision that is on path, and I mean every single time, you are expanding your and you are enlightening, and so your decisions become really expansive and enlightening to your highest mm. self, and very much about it. it starts to automatically heal stuff when you do that. Mm. So, yeah, different. It was completely reframed for me when it came mm. to, um, yeah, looking at that principle. So, I'll we'll move on to faith. We, we well, yep. faith is one, isn't it, when it comes to anxiety? Yes.
1: It's, it's on it. Absolutely. Faith was probably uh, one of the hardest (laughs) because, um, you know, as someone with anxiety at the time, it was all about control. And as soon as I wasn't in control of something, um, it felt that I was out of control and that's what would lead to the anxiety. So for me, faith um, was about trusting. It was really about trusting in that higher self. It was about trusting in that the underlying intuition that was actually trying to come through and trusting in spirit, trusting that things were going to be okay. And when I'd look back, you know, I used to get anxious about lots of different little things and I think, well, you know, I survived every one of those. You know, yeah, did I you know, some might have been really difficult to get through, um, some may not have been as bad as I thought. Um, and half the time, what do you think people are thinking about you is probably not what they're thinking at all. Um, it was about putting that it was going to be okay and that it was okay to not have to be in control it was okay to hand that control over to um to spirit if i needed like it was um about really trusting in that and i found um the more i started to trust in that the more at ease i felt because it was kind of like saying you know here's the problem i'm giving it to you i don't want it anymore kind of thing and then usually it would just fizzle out or it would work its own way out or something like that. Or at the time the right thing would come up or pop up that you needed. So the more I practiced it, the more I felt, Oh, faith actually can work for me. It's just, um, I just need to build that trust.
0: I can relate. I can relate because the more I handed over, the more at peace I felt too. It was like, um, yeah, it's called like the letting go muscle, right? You know, you yeah. do have to exercise it, right? Because mm. you can let go of something that creates an obsession. Like, for instance, a person with my recovery from love addiction or the food. Mm. And I'd hand over the food or I'd hand over the food plan or I'd hand over the person. And then back they'd come in mm. my head. And then I had to, I had to hand them over again. And it, it, it became a constant thing of letting go. I, I, I even imagined um, a big pair of God hands that, mm. that I had to hand over to. And that helped me to like literally hand it over or literally mm. hand that person. Know No, they're safe. And no, you can't, it's not your job to work it out, Shell, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So for me, it's definitely a muscle, but my goodness it became so much easier once the muscle was there because it was like, oh, yeah. Let and then they didn't fly back into my head because I really had let go. Like, mm. you know, I had developed the relationship with the higher power to be enough to be able to go, you know what? I got faith. You got this. I don't have to think about it. You, That's right.
1: <laughs> don't
0: worry <laughs> about it. because it's creating anxiety, so I'm just not yeah. going to even entertain it and it was actually that was another part of how I would say I exercise discipline because the two the combination of the faith yes and the re- repetition with continuing mm. to hand it over continuing to hand it over really helped me um, and so we're moving on to the eighth principle which is responsibility
1: yes um, responsibility That. um I found it kind of went hand in hand with the discipline that we were talking about before, you know, I was feeling, I'm responsible to myself. um, and it, you know, in putting in those um, steps and things to help me manage it. But the biggest breakthrough I had with responsibility and I remember it because I remember thinking about responsibility and this came to me and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm responsible for my anxiety. Holy crap, you know, like the whole, whole time I'd been thinking, um, you know, I've been blaming others or I've been blaming situations that i had been in. I'd blamed things that happened to me. And although a lot of, you know, I had a few things happen to me in my life that weren't nice, but, um, it was how I moved on from those. And it was how I let those thoughts affect me that I created this anxiety in myself. And when I was going through responsibility and worked that out. I just, I remember just breaking into tears like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is, it was like everything sort of um, opened up and went, you know, wow, this is how it's happened and this is why it's happened though because um, had I kept going and going and going with this, it would just get worse and worse and worse. But the fact that I've kind of hit the nail on the head with myself, it was like, oh, it was like that last hurdle that I needed to kind of jump over. It was like, this is where it came from. And um, I mean, I could go into it for ages, but the short end of it was, you know, I was responsible for what had happened in my head and how it had played out in my body. So that kind of gave me some relief after that. Cause then I was like, well, if I'm responsible for my thoughts, you know, it means that I can be responsible for changing them. So that was a really big step forward and it meant that, you know, I really can change them and yeah, it might take some time and that's okay. I just need to be gentle, you know, and loving with myself. But, um, when I do so, but yeah, it's possible.
0: And that ties into love, which is that next principle. And mm-hmm. I can relate to you because from my point of view, it's like when I realize I create all my experiences to actually teach me how to be more of an enlightened being, mm-hmm. then nothing is incorrect, nothing I have done is incorrect. It's all been in perfect order. That for me is the most I guess the most unconditional love that I can offer to myself, but it's also the most unconditional love that I can offer to the whole globe because mm-hmm. beyond because if you can't do it for yourself, it's it's a bit hard to do it for everybody else. And um, you know, it's I think for me, love love um, in, in taking a bigger picture view of all my responsibilities, all the things that I've created um, helps me to um, yeah really not get into yeah the the whole process around um, disconnecting from mm-hmm. when people aren't going well, like, you know, how mm. we say oh, i more compassionate and da da da, da. It's, well, yeah, but if, you, if you're already feeling like there's something not quite right with the, the process and the journey, mm. it's you can't, you cannot step into offering that level of compassion mm. to begin with. And so for me it was a complete reframe, really coupled in with what you just said with responsibility mm. as well, to just see the whole thing as being my own creation for my enlightenment, how awesome is that? I've chosen my anxiety. I've chosen my eating disorder. I've chosen my abusers. I've chosen my inappropriate behavior. All teach me how to reconnect to my higher self and and the higher self of everybody else.
1: Wham. Absolutely. Amazing. It really was. (laughs) It really was. And with love as well, I found, um, like, because once you, I guess I realized that I was responsible for this and how I was going to try and help myself out of it with discipline and things, but, and the whole loving of yourself was so important. And like I said, forgiving all the kind of the principles before it all sort of um, came into this love. And it was about creating that and understanding unconditional love for yourself. And I used to think to myself, well, you know, if someone I really care about, like if it's my partner or my best friend or a child or someone, you know, how would I talk to them if they had anxiety? How would I make them feel um, to explain to them, I know how you feel and, you know, and to really empathize with them. And I would say, well, you know, I would talk to them in the most loving way possible. And I deserve that too. So that was a big part of love for me. It was like, you know, I'm just as important as everyone else and anyone else who's feeling this way and how can I share um, with others and help others if I really don't fully understand and believe and love myself. Yeah. So love was really like good for that.
0: And so we've got three more and about 10 more minutes, but I'm wondering if we can speedy Gonzalez it because else, Gonzalez. Um, I would like to kind of finish up with hearing a bit more about what you're doing. Um, so, yep i'll let you I'll let you finish on these three so we've got
1: wholeness, then we've got joy, we've got peace. yep um, Wholeness for me was about really sitting down and talking with that anxious part of myself um, and it was about really accepting that um, she was a part of me, yeah, really accepting it exactly and accepting that she was a part of me as much as love is, as much as anger is as much as frustration is as much as my masculine side, feminine side, all those sort of things. so it was really about. Feeling complete again um, and not so disconnected from those parts of myself and actually inviting them in um, to say, all right, let's work together. We want to be the best person we are. Um, you know, at times we experience stuff, but um we can work with that together. So it kind of became like anxiety was a bit of a partner sort of thing, a little partner in crime, basically. <laughs> like Someone like who would help me out when I needed them. Yeah. Um, I
0: like the
1: team. Yeah. I <laughs> That's right. And sometimes you need to call on those extra team members like, all right, I need my energy now or I need happiness now. I need joy now. You know, I need you to come in and um, help me with this and this and that. So, yeah, it was really about respecting the complete part of yourself, the light side and the dark side. So, um, because we all have it and it's there to help us basically. So,
0: yeah. The more we we retrieve those parts of our soul, the less other people project onto us that aspect ourselves that we haven't actually integrated to so our life becomes a lot easier when we do that so definitely and more joyful moving on to joy yes
1: Yes, joy um was more like just the fun principle for me because i was like well now i sort of know where i am where i know where i'm working towards um it for me it was about giving myself permission to feel joy again because um when you're so anxious all the time, it's really hard to feel joy about anything because you're so scared about what's going to happen or um, what might happen later in the future. Like you might be, um, you know, spending time with someone that you love, but you're not actually physically in that moment because your mind is thinking about something next week that's, you know, or something someone said yesterday and you're missing those amazing moments. So um, it was really about giving yourself that permission to feel joy and for me it was about implementing something um each day that i could to feel it and make sure i actually do invite it in and um it was so i picked up an old hobby but i used to have that was photography and i used to make myself get up really early in the morning and just take pictures of sunrises or sunsets and things like that because it was something i loved to do and then share it so um i found that gave me a lot more joy during the day if i set myself that time to actually feel it
0: yeah and also we talked about that the heart chakra being connected to joy and also, yeah. our body and also being more in our body with the anxiety coming back in like helping us to feel more grounded mm. and feel like wow isn't it interesting how your hobby connected you more with your heart chakra because you're in awe of the beauty of And connection all around you with the photography which we did showcase in in our um september edition thank you i I, I had no idea you had a um you know a picture put in the the local paper as well one of your pictures which is awesome but you know you can really feel you Mm -hmm. know your connection i think that's really important that you you know it it helped you to feel in the connection and and that brought you that source joy you know that source higher source And then that really carries through in the images that you capture. Like you can really feel it. Um, And the last one is peace. Peace. Yay.
1: Peace. Woo. It was like um, kind of like coming to the finish line. It was pretty cool actually in the sense. But um, I found by the time I had started implementing sort of the love and the wholeness, um, the joy and the peace, sort of that last um, spectrum of those uh, principles was I really didn't feel anxious as much anymore because you know, when it came up, I had those quick instances. All right, yep, something's not right. That's cool. You know, you can deal with it. Um, and it really didn't hang around as often. And because I was implementing joy, I was actually bringing myself into those moments. Um, I was bringing myself into the moment. So usually, when you're feeling anxious, it's because you're not in the moment. You're outside. You're thinking past or future. Um, kind of tense. So it just for me, peace was like it just felt natural because yeah. I was more at peace because I wasn't experiencing those thoughts as much anymore. things didn't bother me as much. And I noticed that I was looking more for the positives and things in life and actually enjoying those very moments instead of, you know, thinking outside of them. So um, peace I just sort of it. came naturally yeah, yeah, at the really end. Fun. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, I, I kind of go, oh yeah, there's ways you can shortcut to peace, but the natural sort of progression mm. of principles brings peace and yeah. I love what you wrote about um in in your article in October on peace I, I wanted to read this actually you, you said anxiety helped me to discover my passions photography and writing two things I never would have really worked with if I didn't experience anxiety I'm getting chills as I'm reading <laughs> that uh, yeah obviously we've benefited from your writing so thank you, thank you. Um, and um but most of all I was thankful that it taught me that I could finally be me yeah. I'm finally at peace with being myself. I feel like crying right now because that's so
1: beautiful. <laughs> thank <But> you. <laughs>
0: first time in my life, I understand who I am. I had found, I had finally found peace with the most important person in my life, me. And I have anxiety
1: to thank that. This is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. And that was straight from the heart and like i said that's basically that last wall of the heart chakra just tearing open um and just spilling out and i i didn't even rewrite any part of that article it was just flowed out like you wouldn't believe and same thing in tears as i was writing like oh my gosh you know and it is such a gift like it really was and to be able to look back and go this journey has been an amazing gift and now it's a gift that i can share with others and hopefully help them you know in ways that might help them find the beauty and the truth in it and that sort of thing it's just yeah so much there's so much
0: for you to say and so much for you to pass on that you you know it's infinite and we're just lucky that we've had a little snapshot of that Mm -hmm. and uh, where can people find you and thank you so much for sharing what you have today
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um, in Australia, they can find me or anywhere around the world. Actually, we have um, anxiety diaries.com.au. So, and there's a, a website there and a Facebook page. Um, and I'm about to start a closed group Facebook page so that, um, hopefully in the next week that'll be up so that we can actually, people can talk, um, honestly and privately, um, together. So I think it's about just creating that community and um, helping one another and sharing each other's tips because, you know, what works for one may not work for others, but sometimes people have some fantastic tips that they use um, that have shared with me. So I just want to cr- help create that community where people can feel safe. And, and I think one of that's the benefits,
0: uh, I just want to repeat the website address. So it's yep. the the oh, anxiety.
1: S- sorry? Sorry, no, Www.anxiety diaries.com.au
0: okay so www.anxietydiaries.com.au and your name's amy young just and if anybody wants to uh, follow up with amy um if you are experiencing some anxiety and things like that, you can contact her through her website page. Yep. Please do that. Um, you can also read her articles in Lightworker Advocate magazine back editions because she's done an, a plethora of um, articles. It is actually under the anxiety diaries um, in the content section, so you should be able to find it. And um, that's through our website, lightworkerreflections.com. So that's www.lightworker, as in you know, the angelic light worker, reflections Mm -hmm. as in the reflections in the water.com. So you should be able to find all the information that you need through that. And um, I'm just, I just feel very blessed to have met you, Amy. I feel Mm -hmm. very blessed that you're passing on such profound knowledge to everybody and you're dedicating your life to that. And I'm very excited that for a long time you were trying to fall pregnant. And I remember saying to you, I think it's because you need to be more in your body. And as you're recovering from your anxiety, you will. And I'm really excited that that's actually happened now for you and mm-hmm. congratulations that you're Thank pregnant. You. Yep. It's tangible reality. That's evidence informed that being in your body helps and, and recovering from anxiety can bring you great gifts, including beautiful, wonderful pregnancies and children.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a beautiful journey and um, you've been an amazing help Michelle over the years and um, introducing me to the principles and, Uh, just opening up myself and that sort of thing. So you've been a fantastic teacher. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, beautiful people. Well, we'll sign off there. Enjoy this um, listening to this and and sharing it amongst your friends and family via video and podcast. We'll have have those on our websites as well. And um, we look forward to many more enlightened conversations. Lots of love. Thank you. Bye. Bye.